Good morning, everyone, and welcome to your Monday edition of Leading Off. My name is Dan Harris, and you can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. And with me, as always, is my producer and world-renowned Barbie doll collector, Brendan Tuma. And you can find him on Twitter at TooMuchTuma. I am just kidding, guys. This is actually Brennan talking. Now, in case you didn't listen last week and are just finding out that I'm the new host, let me explain a couple of things. First, you guys actually got the show to 500 iTunes ratings and reviews. That's incredible. Dan has mentioned it before, but it has helped the show immensely. In fact, it might be the sole reason why we're still running right now. Secondly, Dan is away because he'll be focusing on football and betting pros a bit. Though he'll now start hosting the weekly hour-long MLB podcast, so he won't be gone from your lives entirely. And let me also say that I am equally as bummed as you probably are that Dan isn't the host anymore. My analogy is this. Me taking over is like in fantasy football, when a star running back goes down, and we all rush to the waiver wire to try and figure out who to pick up, and who will get the playing time, but then we look at each other and go, eh, these options aren't that good. Pick them up just in case, but this guy isn't anything to be excited about. That's me right now. Dan deserves all the credit in the world for making the show what it became. And no, I'm not just saying that because he's probably listening right now. But if you are listening, Dan, please remember I once called you the best boss I've ever had, and that I love you. I don't plan to mess with the formula here too much. Today we're going to talk about Beau Bichette. We're going to talk about some players who had some good weekends some who are having a rough time lately, and we're going to go over the usual closure and injury news. Then I'm going to tell you what to look out for today. But let's start with Bo Bichette. Yes, what are the odds that the first night I host there is a top prospect receiving the call to the majors? If you follow me on Twitter, you know how I feel about prospects. By monitoring them and being aggressive in picking them up, I feel you can gain a competitive advantage in your fantasy league. Look, I don't think the thought process here is too difficult. Sometimes you pick up an elite fantasy prospect and you get Juan Soto. Sometimes you get Cody Bellinger in 2017. And you're getting them for free. It's not as if you needed to invest an early draft pick into a potential season-altering asset. Sure, maybe you play in a fab league and need to invest some capital that way, but I would still recommend being aggressive with these guys. Every now and then you get a Brendan Rodgers or a Luis Urias but then you just drop them and move on. No harm, no foul. And in the end, you can wind up coming out on top more often than not. Just ask anyone who picked up Keston Hiura or Jordan Alvarez this year. As for Bichette, he needs to be owned everywhere, just due to the upside alone. So far in 2019, he's batting 288 with an 840 OPS, 8 homers, and 16 steals between high A and triple A. He also missed a significant chunk of time with a broken hand, so those counting stats should really be higher. I don't have as high of expectations for Bichette as I did for a lot of other youngsters this year, but I think a good batting average with some power speed upside is in play. Again, add him now, figure out the rest later. While we're on the topic of prospects, I'd also like to mention the Dodgers calling up catcher Will Smith on Friday. Smith is a top 100 type prospect who doesn't get the same attention some other stud rookies did before getting promoted this year. He's actually been up and down with the Dodgers a couple times, but it now appears as if he'll be up for good. That's because as a corresponding move, the Dodgers sent down Austin Barnes to AAA Oklahoma City, who has failed to live up to preseason expectations for two straight years. 
Dodgers manager Dave Roberts actually said that Smith will catch three out of every five games moving forward, with Russell Martin filling in for the other two. That means Smith should be on your radar if you need catching help. On Saturday, he totaled three hits, one of which was a homer, and drove in six runs. Yes, please. The next big piece of news was an actual real-life trade. The Blue Jays shipped Marcus Stroman to New York for a couple of pitching prospects, and no, it's not the New York team you might have been thinking. It's not the analytically inclined Yankees who surely would have helped his win potential. No, it was the Mets. It's an interesting real-life trade for a plethora of reasons, but as for fantasy, I don't think it deserves some giant reaction. Stroman is now pitching in the National League, which might be better for him, but he also gets the Mets stink on him. Okay, I'm just kidding about that last part. Kind of. Sorry, Dan. Maybe overall it's a slight bump in value. 28-year-old Stroman has posted a 2.96 ERA through 21 starts this year. You're still starting him, particularly in points leagues where he's slightly more valuable. And now let's talk about a lot of players who had some good weekends, starting with Jose Ramirez, who's been on an absolute tear lately and is homing in four straight games. He hit just five homers in his first 82 games this season, but he now has nine over his last 20 contests. He entered Sunday batting 340 since June 24th, so basically over the past month. Sure, maybe he won't play like the third overall fantasy pick the rest of the way, but he can definitely be considered back as a fantasy asset. Paul Goldschmidt can also be considered back. He homered on both Friday and Saturday, which gave him a long ball in six straight games. His OPS for the season is still hovering around 800 despite this insane hot streak, which just goes to show how poorly he performed for much of the year. If you've managed to stay in contention despite using a second-round pick on Goldie, then hopefully he can help carry you to the finish line here. Danny Santana homered on Sunday. Since July 7th, he is batting 432 with six homers and three steals. It's worth noting that he left Sunday's game with calf stiffness, but he's just considered day-to-day. Santana will likely go 20-20 this year, and he needs to be owned everywhere. My son, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., went 5-for-11 with a homer and 7 RBI the past two days. It's too small of a sample to say he's finally heating up, but with the trade deadline approaching in fantasy, perhaps you want to give it one last go at sending out a buy-low offer. Jordan Alvarez homered on Sunday. He now has 12 homers and 36 RBIs in 35 games. Not much to comment on here. I just love it when prospects work out. Mike Yastrzemski went 4-for-5 with two RBIs and two runs scored in Sunday's win over the Padres. He's now batting 275 with an 827 OPS since joining the Giants. This is more of a deep league pickup, but it's a name you might want to check on if you play in that format. Hermar Marquez improved to 10-5 and on Friday in Cincinnati, and he's now given up just four runs over his last 14 innings. It's worth noting that both those starts have come on the road, which might be the only times you want to start Marquez moving forward, as his home road splits are pretty absurd. His next outing comes in Coors versus the Giants. Clayton Kershaw was once again really, really solid on Saturday versus the Nationals. The future Hall of Famer struck out nine while allowing two runs over six innings pitched. Kershaw has held up far better than anyone could have possibly predicted back in March. For the season, he's 9-2 with a 2.85 ERA and 117 strikeouts and 117 innings pitched. Isn't it the same way he's done it before, but he's still a fantasy ace. Finally, 
Mookie Betts promised a kid he would hit a homer on Friday night, and he wound up hitting three. No fantasy takeaway here. Just know that Mookie is an incredible human being who plays on the best team in baseball. Okay, let's get to some players who are a bit cold right now. Trevor Bauer was hit hard for seven runs, seven earned runs, and four and a third innings on Sunday, and was so frustrated he actually chucked a ball into center field. Chucked a ball into center field. My only takeaway here is what are you going to do? Sit Trevor Bauer next time out versus the Angels? I don't think so. You have the right to be frustrated with how his season has gone at times this year, but hopefully you control your emotions better than he did. James Paxton had a rough Friday night in Boston, giving up four homers to the Red Sox. Overall, the Southpaw was hit for seven runs in four innings. He stated earlier this year that his knee could bother him all season long, which was an easy reason to move on back then. His main problem has been the first inning, as his ERA during that frame is in the double digits, but it's just 2.75 afterwards. Does that relate to the knee issue? I don't know. But right now, Paxton isn't getting the job done, and there isn't much you can do besides sell him for 50 cents on the dollar. Austin Riley didn't start at all this weekend. He entered the weekend batting just 178 since June 22nd, so again, basically over the past month. He only ended up pinch hitting a couple of times this weekend, and appears to be finally hitting some negative regression for that crazy strikeout rate of his. Now, hopefully you sold high on him back in early June, as he was an extremely popular trade candidate for a couple weeks. If you didn't, I'm sorry, but at least you got some production for as long as you did. He can be dropped in 12-team leagues right now. Luis Urias is just 1-for-24 with a single since being recalled from AAA El Paso. We don't have time to do the deep dive on what's wrong with Urias, but just know that over the past couple of years, he has failed to hit big league pitching despite dominating in AAA. Again, you can move on in 12-team leagues if you haven't already. Let's hit the closer news. Greg Holland blew the save Friday, which was his second straight appearance getting pulled in the middle of a save chance. Diamondbacks manager Tori Lovello has said that Holland will be removed from the closer role, but did not name who will take over in his place. Archie Bradley and Yoan Lopez could be interesting options if you're in desperate need for saves. Colin Post got the save for the Rays on Friday, as Diego Castillo was used as an opener that night. I was all ready to talk about how Post could see some random save chances, but that he isn't must-own, and I feel even stronger about that statement now that Castillo got the save on Sunday. The Rays will undoubtedly continue to mix and match for the remainder of 2019, and Post probably doesn't need to be on your radar. Jose Leclerc blew the save chance Sunday, as Chris Martin during the save on Friday for Texas. So it appears Martin is the one you want to own in the Rangers' bullpen while Sean Kelly is sidelined. Will Smith gave up a two-run homer to Will Myers on Sunday, but luckily he was given a three-run lead, so he still got the save. He also got the save on Saturday. It's worth talking about Smith's save opportunities because they could be limited if he gets traded this week. Personally, I think the Giants would be a little nuts to hold on to him, but from what we've been told, that is currently their intent. Alright guys, we're almost there. Let's wrap up with the injury news. Dom Smith was placed on the 10-day IL with a foot issue. He has actually been pretty good in limited action for the Mets this year, but is not someone you need to keep owning in fantasy, even in deeper leagues. Max Scherzer is unlikely to make his next scheduled start on Tuesday. It's unclear if you'll need another IL stint. DJ LeMahieu suffered a low-grain groin strain on Friday, 
though Yankees manager Aaron Boone believes he'll be able to play through the issue moving forward. Consider him day-to-day. Tommy Pham left Sunday's game against the Blue Jays with a strained right hand. X-rays didn't reveal any structural damage, but an IL stint hasn't been ruled out. Gene Segura left Sunday's game versus the Braves after a collision on a tag play at second base. It was initially feared to be a serious issue, but that has now been diagnosed as a bruised shin. He's also considered day-to-day. Finally, a couple players returned to the lineup this weekend. Eloy Jimenez was surprisingly activated on Sunday without a rehab assignment. He went 0-3, but can be reinserted into fantasy lineups everywhere. And also, Carlos Correa was back this weekend. He was activated from the IL on Friday, then he got hurt on Saturday, but he returned to the lineup on Sunday. So he should be alright moving forward. Consider him an elite fantasy short shot for the rest of 2019. As for today, I'll be watching Sonny Gray pitch against the Pirates. Since May 21st, Gray has a 2.62 ERA and has been pitching like a borderline fantasy ace. I expect him to keep it rolling in a nice matchup. And that'll do it for today's edition of Leading Off. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and let us know how we're doing. And remember to send me and Dan your fantasy baseball questions whenever they arise. Dan can be found on Twitter at DanHarris80, and I'm at TooMuchTuma. The fantasy season is winding down. Let's finish this thing strong. <laughs>